It's what have you time. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And we're back. We are. We are back. But this time we're in my son's car, which occasionally makes strange engine rumbles, even when it's off. It was It was actually, it was not moderate rumbles. It was like going on the washboard. So, <laughs> so we're parked here. We're, we're parked. But if strange sounds occur in the background. Yeah. We'll keep you posted if anything happens. That. It might be that. Yes. So what have you been doing, Becca? Oh, man. You're back in town? I'm back in town. I was in Pittsburgh last week for uh, the ACCS conference. Oh, I talked about that because I was trying to pull off a party sight unseen in another city, and it turned out to be even funnier than I thought it would be because we were renting a house with some other people from NSA that were with us, and I had to do all the cooking in the house kitchen that was remarkably ill-equipped. <laughs> so it didn't. It have, undershot it, it, by the way. It undershot it. it was I like, always think that's a weird thing when you get into an under-equipped kitchen. The things that they did have. Well, that was it. Like I'm always like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. If there's no knives, why do you have this large-scale plastic ladle? Well, ex- why? <laughs> what will we be ladling? Well, and in the fridge, there were sort of some remnants of sour cream that mm. somebody had left, but there was no salt and pepper to be found. It's usually uh, only, only the mustard that stuck on the sides <laughs> of the bottle. Like, no mustard within, but just the illusion of mustard. <laughs> well, there. there was... Okay, oh, so- and that wonderful poem about the maraschino cherries. The, the oh. one jar. Yeah, you know, we were oh, laughing about that. Oh, I know. It's a fantastic poem. But, but it's that. Why I'm saying, are you bringing it up? Because that's the lingering thing in an oh, ill-equipped sure. kitchen. We would have yeah. a jar of maraschino cherries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and this didn't have a cutting board. It didn't have a knife except for a bread knife. So serrate your way through everything. Serrate my way. I found myself. I was making a tapenade, and mm. I was faced with a. It's large... so annoying when it's like serrated knife for garlic. Well, ah! This was a ton of olives, and it's mm. like I can't get anywhere mm-hmm. with this mm-hmm. knife. There was a pizza wheel. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be bad for olives. Actually, I made good use of the pizza. But that wheel. would be a pain without a cutting board. Well, I had a suspicion. Like when I was shopping, I was grabbing a bunch of things and I had this feeling that there might not be a cutting board. I hadn't checked. So I bought a, like a dollar plastic placemat, you know, like a hard Mm -hmm. bendy plastic placemat. And it was like the best purchase that I made because I was, I was making a ton of um, like a dark chocolate bark that you have to, so I could move it. Yeah. Yeah. So like I could slide a big thing of the chocolate mm-hmm. bark out to the other room and put it on the table and then it was do it a again. wise investment it, it was a you know what was my other wise investment mm-hmm. was a roll of masking tape because i read something about this recently yes what but i don't know why you were using masking <laughs> tape why did you use basically it? for everything like i started feeling like actually i should never travel without masking tape from here on out mm-hmm. because i'm intrigued i know i was tell me more well i was trying to do a flower arrangement which if anyone listening was there, you just have to be a little bit lenient when you think about that flower arrangement. Because I had, um, I ran and I, I had to buy all the serving pieces, you know, because I couldn't pack them in my bag. So I ended up with kind of a big galvanized um, tub. tub. It was more of a tub than okay. a bucket. And that was kind of what I had to put flowers in and that's not an easy thing to put flowers in so Mm -mm. I grabbed like three big 
bouquets of white hydrangeas. And, but of course they would all splay out. So in the masking tub. tape. So I grabbed the masking the tape and I did a grid across the top mm, to hold right. the hydrangeas in there. I needed greenery. The greenery wilted that I cut out of the backyard, whatever. So by the end, it was okay. If you didn't look closely at it, at least it right. was just there it was. But the masking tape helped that. Then we were trying to transport all the food from this house to the hotel suite where we were going to do it. And of course, I didn't have things to transport. So I had an old bakery box that I layered all of the chocolate bark, which I should just say had like candy ginger and cashews and dried apricots and cherries and gold raisins. Good. It was good. It was an Ina Garten recipe. Anyway, I layered She's that all up. consistently golden. And then She's I needed, good. it was bulging out the top. So I like masking taped the lid all the way around so that it would transport nicely. I see all the time when catering on the fly that masking tape is the neat. Well, and then, the and then I had brought a paint drop cloth to throw over the table because I had, yeah. you know, anyway, mm -hmm. so I had that and I pulled it out. It was right before I had to go give my talk. So I'm trying to unload the food and I threw the drop cloth, took it out of the package, threw it over the table. And then when I look down, I am completely covered in fluff. Like, <laughs> but you had masking tape to make a quick backwards tape mitten for yourself and clean it up. Perfect. So, and so I was like, wow, that So that I recently tape. went in the rabbit hole of tape um, because... That is a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You never know what might uh -uh. catch my attention or distract me. No. Food 52, which I enjoy. Oh, Food you 52. told me about yeah. this, I think. Yeah. They had this thing about... They posted... They, like, Instagrammed or something, some picture of their, like, samples of... Well, I say it was banana bread made with like different, they were like testing different flowers or something. I don't know what it was. Sure. It was one of those things though, like a comparison mm -hmm. of something. I think it was banana bread, but I might be lying. Anyways, they had these little sticks in the back with a little scrap of painter's tape, torn blue painter's tape that they had marked them what, what they were, you know, like sure. what what group they were, yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. And apparently got a monumental amount of blowback from chefs about their t their tape. <laughs> and the, all these chefs were like, you think you're a food magazine and you do that? Like, and people <laughs> were like, come on now. So it was just this intriguing, like, wait, there's like something I don't know about here. They did a special article about chefs and their strong opinions about painter's tape and I was like see I need to know this I'm curious now yeah but apparently this is like the first thing that you would get in deep troubles at cooking school or in many kitchens all the chefs that they interviewed have like different tapes that they use and they're like like people who are half inch light green someone who special orders their their mm. three-quarter inch orange painter's tape. <laughs> they have like standards yeah. on the painter's tape. And the biggest one was people saying, yeah, chefs saying that they would fire people for tearing tape. That if it's not cut neatly. I thought this is so Whoa. funny. Apparently it's because it shows that it's like broken window theory. It well, shows that you're cutting like corners everywhere. Checking like, the bathroom to see if it's clean yes, in the restaurant. Yes, tells you about yeah. what you need to know. And that was the thing is that they, they, uh, Apparently, you know, when you're prepping food, you will label it and they, different chefs would have different ideals of how this is done. But your name has to be on it. 
the date oh, that so you prepped it, so they know who to blame. The, like soggy cilantro. your name or who who made weird big triangles of onions. <laughs> <laughs> like catch that person in the act catch that person anyways they have they would cut a perfect whatever their ideal amount of tape is you cut and you fold one corner down so it's an easy pull off corner okay and they would stick it on the food prep bins and but and they're like an inch from the top and it has to not be going sideways or all this stuff oh, wow. it's very very uh yeah intense but or snickety Right, but their point was that when you're in the middle of, like, a slammed service or things are really stressful, like, one of the stressful things should not be locating the bin of something. Like, like it sure. needs to look like I can find what I need and I can whatever. It was That's interesting. really funny. And so I I do write on my bins. Well, speaking of my I bins. Know, I was going to say, we should just <laughs> mention just that Rachel is sitting here in my just, son's car treasuring my sourdough on my lap on her lap she mm-hmm. has a bucket of dough well she in five has... minutes i'm looking at my timer i need to turn it <laughs> and i couldn't leave it inside when it was only this oh, far away oh my word i'm like it's only like to my front door i don't want to throw off my bread sequence today just because right, i'm but in the car it's sitting on your lap yeah so, so i would write on the lid with a sharpie when I make a lot of bread, when I have a lot of things going on at one time. I will write on the lid with a sharpie the, the times that I'm supposed to turn it, like when it is going in the oven or whatever. What? Doesn't that kind of get tedious when you have a lid that's been labeled? With... No, I just wipe it off with alcohol. Oh, really? Yeah. Later. Huh. I am I not one not of these professional chefs, it. but this is what caught my attention with the painter's tape is because I already am a person who just writes straight on the bins because if you have multiple things going it can get very um well see very like like, wait which is this which did I do last time here's my problem this is where I struggle yeah I like the idea of having a really like well stocked freezer that's clearly labeled you Mm -hmm. know what everything is so you just haven't found your ideal painter's tape I haven't maybe that's my problem because the thing is I'll I'll do something. I'll get it in the freezer, and then I won't label it and at all. And then you believe it's garbage food now. Well, that it's but then you're in the like, freezer. "What is this mystery thing that I uh, have in the back?" Or worse yet, I'll do something like, um, "We, this must be like three years ago. We were in down in McCall, and we picked huckleberries because we just happened to like it, the huckleberries happened to be ripe, and we were in the woods, and there they were. So we picked a bunch of huckleberries. That's the best way to which, have that happen. I know because we didn't have to struggle around yeah. trying to find a patch. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we picked all the huckleberries, brought it home, and you know that stuff is like gold. Like people yeah. are so defensive of their huckleberry patches. So, I recently read that there was even someone shot over in Montana. Oh my word! In Montana, <laughs> like ten years ago or something. The I don't huckleberry know. Somebody feud. was shot over believed encroaching upon huckleberry <laughs> territory. Yeah. So anyway, we just happened to find him. So I came back and it wasn't a ton of it, but it was like, it was enough that I thought we got to do something fun with this. Yeah. So I made huckleberry jam and I put it in little, little jars, you know, because mm, I didn't have a lot of it. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, I'll just put it because I did freezer, yeah. freezer mm-hmm. jam. So I was like, I'll put it in the freezer and then you can just pull out a little bit at a time. Right. I believe it's still in there. No. <laughs> No, get that stuff I out. Do. I get it out. Bring it. It's, it's bring like, it to I me and all. I have it. a freezer out in the garage, and it's kind of a journey to have to go. Well, out just there. go out there and get the stuff. I know, but get the I stuff. Don't know. It's like, my um, 
I one of my favorite. You're reminding me of a really good recipe for that blackberry caramel sauce that I sometimes make in the blackberry okay. season. I've got a ton of blackberries this year, so it's so good. Have to hit you the up caramel for that. sauce. It's like really good. It was it was a component of a Bobby Flay recipe that was, if I do say so myself, wildly overblown with with. Was nuance. this the like turducken one? It was like turducken. <laughs> well, no, only if you. I tried exchange this. the turkey. For, it involved for, like for, pistachios and no. sausage and layering things and frying it and rounded it up in bacon and stuff like this. No, you're thinking of that Gordon Ramsay one, and that one is good. But no, this was not the turducken. This <laughs> oh, is not right. turducken. Is I was saying this was it was a turducken. <laughs> if you say that mascarpone is the is the duck and pumpkin pancakes is the what? turkey. Okay, it was, I'm surprised that you went there. No, but... I'm saying the recipe I'm talking about was one that was like mascarpone and something stuffed pumpkin pancakes with a blackberry caramel sauce. I'm saying it's gone too far. It was And you made this? No, I just made the blackberry caramel sauce oh. and it's fabulous, but okay. I don't know why you would put it on a pumpkin pancake with mascarpone <laughs> in, in it. I just feel like at that point, do you even need to eat like once you <laughs> once you've made that, you've kind of killed the mood. intense to me oh, like wow my word like is there anything else we could have here like some yeah. maple whipped cream and then we need some <laughs> shaved white chocolate or something and maybe a maraschino cherry yeah yeah because you have that at least anyways <laughs> anyways my point is it was a I, but that is such a good caramel sauce recipe and i've made it with raspberry too and it's so nice. good we did that when we would do the spiced donuts and a oh, raspberry yeah, sauce and vanilla ice cream and it makes like a really yummy situation it's really good yes no the the gordon ramsay one i just like that you're sneering at a pumpkin pancake and then bringing up your cardamom spiced donuts i i think (laughs) it's the fact that that just sounds it's i like the idea of a pumpkin pancake and i don't and i like the idea of marscapone and i like the idea of blackberry caramel sauce everyone she's turning her bread now my phone my phone was on silent i wasn't expecting it to actually you can't yeah. ever trust that when you have an alarm. You never So can. anyway, we should not talk about this anymore. Um, Why not? What's something so more serious? I'm as opening as the bread. <laughs> Ignore me. This is going to no. be beautiful sourdough. If and... only I had brought something myself that I could sit here and feel domestic in the car. <laughs> I didn't want to abandon it in its time frame. I've been as working you recall, on the garden, though. I as can't you bring recall, the Becca, you said you were coming at 10, and it's like lunchtime. So well, initially, how could I have timed my bread around this? I couldn't. I had to do it in the middle know, of. This yeah. makes a beautiful dough, doesn't it? It does. Are you it's, admiring it? Everyone is beautiful. She's got her hands in the dough. It's just looking great, guys. It's looking good. <laughs> I, this is, well, that, I should save that for the tip department okay. of the show. Oh, save your tip. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, what were we going to talk about? We were going to talk about oh the soft feminism of the conservative world. It's actually a little bit, I just feel like as an intro, because you called it soft, not for any other reason, but just reminds me of the thing grandpa might maybe he's quoting other people through all of the era i don't know who he's quoting but grandpa always has said and then dad has always said and now we always say that hard teaching makes soft hearts and soft teaching makes hard hearts and how often is that the case that you see people who are 
uh, like always under this head petting sort of teaching yeah. that are like the most hard to yeah. actual rebuke, actual spiritual counsel, actual yeah. anything. Hard hearted people are yeah. under soft, soft teaching. And a lot of the time, very hard teaching has a bunch of people just thriving along. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So because you said, what did you say? Soft feminism, I was saying, which is often a correlated with hard, hard hearts. hearts. <laughs> so like it's true. hardcore feminism, we all know that that's associated yeah. with hard hearts. But... You know, it's like most Christian women are not going to be wearing obscenity hats and marching on Washington. I mean, some we like to perhaps were way too tolerant of that stupid movement. Like there are yeah. a lot of people being defensive in a on behalf of the movement. Well, they're that. coming up with reasons that nobody right. actually on board with it had. And um, reasons yeah. to be able so, to participate. But most of the time, the extreme feminism is fairly easy to spot. But I feel like so many assumptions have just crept in to the nice evangelical world. Right, like what I was telling you when we when we first said we should talk about this, is how many of us, when you are facing some... This is why stories are important and what you're watching or whatever is important, but we're saying how many people would think how, you know, I'm at this crossroads in my life and I think I want to just pursue my own dreams now, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, whatever, say my husband has a job in another city, but I don't want to leave because of whatever. And so it's time to choose me. Like I'm going to choose me or I'm going to do this. How how much of it? I deserve it. I deserve it. I have done my fair share for him and now it's his time to sacrifice for for him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing about this is how often at those moments do you think in terms of what would the cute, fun, woman that I would like to be in a TV do, show. In a TV show. Like, let's run a quick test of what would Reese Witherspoon's character <laughs> do that would look fine on her because it would be a story and also because she'll still be cute and more fulfilled at the end because yeah. it's also make-believe. She would have found and her it's dream. Also, she would have found her dream and her husband probably would have come around. Yeah. Or there would and have been a cuter guy. Yeah, she, <laughs> she might have been a better guy. Burn her life down, right? And she didn't. And what happened is it all panned out for the best. That yeah. Reese made this great decision. So <laughs> I'm gonna follow in her footsteps, you know, or yeah. I'm gonna see what I can do to Meg Ryan this situation. But the but the <laughs> thing is, the thing is, is we hardly ever think I'd like to run this thought process by, you know. Like we were talking, Queen Esther or maybe Ruth. Ruth. Maybe, maybe like, I'd love to be able to get together with some of these great women of the faith to just yeah. ask them. The kind of woman who would say, if I perish, I perish. Yeah, the women who say, who say where you go, go I, I will go. go. But, Your people will be my yes. people. And it's like, yeah, you can count on me to be faithful no matter what. Right. Is not really our, well, our okay, slogan. Now this just made me think of something else, which is slightly tangential to the feminism thing that we were just talking about, but the whole, like, it's time for me. I sacrifice for him. It's time for him to do this for, for me. And I was thinking, you know, it struck me the other day how a lot of women, I think, tend to run the relationship with their husband as if they are the clerk at a store and there's a counter between them. I think it's like the ugliest, ugliest way to behave. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind In of any like, relationship. Oh, 
oh, you want this from me? Well, how much are you willing to pay? I like, get so let's check your creeped out when people talk about it. Like, because sometimes it comes all the way out in that kind of terminology. It's like, well, because I did this, he has to right. do it's like whatever. I'm, I'm telling you like, the books. This is not the right way to do it, guys. And I think it is the... I think that that is the soft feminism, actually, that we're talking about. Which yes. is Which is submission. What's that? This is all about transactions. Yes, it's like, <laughs> why would I submit to someone why would I who is currently down? in debt to me? Why would I offer currently. myself? Yes, that would be just that lame. Would be, that would be like putting too deep of a, a discount on my product. <laughs> that'd be a bad bargain. <laughs> I think that the thing, but there's like multiple layers of confusion in this. Because one that I think Christian women who get into that mentality are completely overlooking is the whole uh, man and his wife become one flesh. One flesh. And yeah. that and that you're not if you are doing great sacrificial things for your husband, it's not not for you. <laughs> I like know. if you I know. are building your husband up by laying down your life, and if then you're it is also him stiff prices. Right. You're, you're paying them. You're ripping yourself off. <laughs> exactly. Like what what you're doing here when you do that is not Oh guys, <gasps> it's doing that it. That is terrifying. And it the is, thing is the engine is not on. It's not been on for like half an hour. It's like a spazzing out air pump. Yeah. Oh my word. I know. This is dangerous times. So anyways, <laughs> I start to think we're going to see like smoke coming out the hood and it's going to get like best episode ever. So anyways, oh we have word. the thing about this is that it really is like you and your husband are one. Your sacrifices for him are not for him and not for you. Like right. they're not, it's not like, oh, I'll do this for him, but later he'll owe me for me. Right. Like later right. that'll be a thing. Right. Like later I'm going to demand something. Right. And, and, and I'll hold this over him. And you see a relationship like that. It's like watching a three-legged race where they are wildly out of sync. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, I do think sometimes it works better than others for people. And I think of that is when, when people are more naturally self-aware. Like, as I think sometimes it kind of pans out medium okay for people. Like, they have, like, they are maybe kinder people, so they are actually considering what the other person is doing for them, or, like, they're more aware. And it doesn't mean that it's godly, it just means it's less deadly. It's like, this might... Well, maybe it's less deadly in the short term. Yeah, or maybe we're just living in the middle lands of... No, it's just weird. It's sometimes people just do really weird things. It's what you're like, yeah. but it seems to be... Because if you have two people who are each sacrificing for the other, then that then is... Then who's not getting everything? Right. They're all right. getting everything now, they could need. But then the first, your first thought when you hear that, though, is, yes, but if I sacrifice, but he doesn't. Yeah, what if what? he doesn't hold up his side of the bargain? And then right. that's the thing is that you say, yeah, but then you're still doing it unto the Lord, primarily yeah. not unto your spouse, which means that the Lord will never let that go unrewarded. Exactly. But it is but it is and, not a vending machine of look Lord I sacrificed and fix the you know, right. do this. And not to mention though too, if you have a wife who is sacrificing, laying herself down for her husband and he is not doing his part, the thing is that is a far more effective way to win of, him over of yeah. winning him over than to be retreating and like okay You're fine like, what well, you didn't then. give to me so I won't give fine to you and I just be but a... I just I just think women really I think often set up a little shop counter between themselves and their husband and then I noticed this conduct the, other day. the 
transactions over the counter. Right. Well, I have to, this is not with a husband, but I noticed this the other day with Moses, who is my, he's, man, what is he? Might be 20 months now, something. Anyways, he's our toddler. Really our main source of entertainment. This morning, he just started running, like actually running. So this morning we were getting slow-mo video footage of him running, which is like the funniest thing I ever. I enjoy his elbows. When oh, he he's got uh, so much movement going every different direction <laughs> while he runs. It's so funny. So anyways, Moses, who is, who is just a total peach. And I was, he's in this... He's just in such a sweet phase, and he bringing me his shoes because he wanted his shoes on for some reason. And I sit down on the stairs and to put his shoes on for him. And oh, wow, it's back! It really is like a dragon is awaking. We're inside of the dragon. So, anyways, he that wow. Um, but he brings me his shoes, and he wants me to put them on. And so I have to stop what I'm doing sit down on the stairs, <laughs> let him, like, but he does that awesome thing where they're, like, becoming more self-aware, where he, like, knows he has to back up onto my lap. Yeah. You know, and, like, where yeah. he, like, turns around and begins reversing to come, <laughs> yeah. to come in for the, getting his shoes on, and I pull him up on my lap, and, of course, you're, like, kissing his cheek, and, and he's yeah. being awesome and practicing saying shoe, which he couldn't say for a long time. He totally yeah. failed and called it buh. <laughs> for a long time. Anyways, you're saying shoe. We have this little moment, and it just struck me like at that moment, me giving to him was very much him giving to me at the same time. Like it was a very sweet little moment where you have a funny little person on your lap, and it was not sacrifice. It was not right. work to put his shoes on. It was just a sweet moment of fellowship. But if you wanted to be calculating things that you were doing, Obviously, this is a miniature example, but I'm talking like, if you wanted to be like, I had to stop what I was doing, put everything down, but like sit down and yeah. waste my time putting someone's shoes on who's not even going outside. And, and he's probably going to take them off. And he's the worst about leaving them somewhere so we can't find them when we need to go somewhere. And it's just <laughs> terrible. It's like, but, but he's also just a fabulously fun, funny, like, you know, there's, yeah, there's just, is that another weird noise happening? I think that might be wildlife. Yeah, I think you might be right. It's like, I think that's a, like getting, a locust or yeah, something. Attacks from above. And <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, my point is that a lot of the time when you start calculating, you're, you're always in the mood to tabulate more that you've done. If you are calculating, yeah. you start counting things that weren't even, right. you know, like maybe you thought I'd like to make a chocolate pie today, but later on in the day you're like, and I made that chocolate pie for you and you didn't even care. And I didn't even, you know, like maybe yeah. you just start rounding up all the yeah, time. Like, right, let me right. just round everything into this. Well, and of course you round the other person down. They're all the time down. And just you subtract all the time up. things because you know their motives were bad. <laughs> <laughs> he might have made the bed this morning, but that was only because he wanted me to feel bad that I hadn't done it yet. And I know that he said that I was pretty, but he didn't mean he it. He didn't mean it. If he meant it, he would have done something that someone would do for Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> it is just really oh dumb. But the, the reality is, the thing about entertainment is I'm not... I don't feel like we're really super uptight about this, but if you are not noticing how much you're being lied to, 
Yep. That it does just drift in and shape your perception of what does it mean to not be in love with someone anymore, to just need to cut losses and move on. Right. Right. Now it's time for us to consciously uncouple. I just would like to say that that was not the engine. That was just a truck driving past. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The whole um, being shaped by story. I just think people are far too naive because how many hours does the average person spend absorbed in story <laughs> of some kind or other? And it shapes what you think is funny. It shapes what you admire. Um, it shapes what you, you know, think is not a big deal. What you disdain. What you're like, oh, that's yeah. not a big deal. Or, of right. course, the dad who protects his daughter is always the villain. Right. Naturally. Right. Naturally, that's is. the bad guy. Right. We hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it's it's a very um, powerful medium that can be used for good, and it could also be used for a lot of something, bad. Something I was thinking about a lot, oh, quite a while ago, just in light of, I guess, watching endless TV shows or reading books or whatever it is you're doing that's shaping you. But it was that I was laughing, like, when we are, you know dead and gone will our children and our grandchildren just be like full of gratitude that we took the time to watch all of the psych episodes <laughs> do you know what i mean like will that be a thing i'm that, sure it'll make it into the obituary i'm sure it'll be like but we're so glad they got that done luckily like at least at least they were able to make time to be entertained by <laughs> something. And and not that I have any grievance with being entertained by something. You know, there have been phases of our life that I think were more... Remember us watching all the monk episodes when the twins were... Like, there was a lot of, like, comatose nursing time at night sure. of burping children and changing yeah. diapers and staggering yeah. around so tired. But... I, it's not like I have a problem with there being seasons of that, but I think about things like I had a great great grandmother, Nay, right? Wasn't she a great great grandmother? Yeah, mm-hmm. and who I never met. Like, but we have some things that she did. We have like a quilt that she made. I have a her ruby ring. It is, and I love that ring because it has a big indentation on it because it from being worn next to a wedding ring for a long time. It yeah. has that. And I, I don't even think I've seen a picture of her. I don't even, I don't think I know what she even looked like. Right. But we know that she was a Christian woman and that she had her front parlor room. She turned into just like a, she, she would have clothing and quilts and things for needy people. She turned her like, she's a Christian right. woman who did good for people. And we have a quilt that she made, which is beautiful. But anyways, and our daughter Lena's middle name is, after her May. And the the thing that's funny is I don't even know her. I don't know what she looked like. I don't know who, who her parents were. I don't know the details of that woman. Right. And the good deeds that she did still matter to me. Right. It still is like, that was awesome of her. Yeah. Like I still, that still meant something that she yeah. did these things. And I, and it's like, so when we're dead and gone, what will we have done that will matter right. to people who don't even know us and don't know yeah. about us? And like, and often of course you can't predict no, we'll live you can't. On. Like, because it's like you can't you can't script your children's memories, and that's the thing that's always so hilarious. Like, like the, the big important thing that you did that you put so much time into planning. Like, Not I don't, I don't a one of them that. I don't remembers. No. no, they don't remember. But they do remember. I remember us. One of those for us was pulling over to peel oranges on like a 
gravel road with granddad yeah i remember that too Weird. yeah and granddad telling us to just throw him in the field and we thought that was crazy talk but then he was <laughs> he was like he's like it's biodegradable it's fine it won't yeah. hurt anything and i that's like when i learned that it was okay to throw orange peels in a field <laughs> that's like, funny. but like yeah. nobody planned that out that was no. not no and so so the like what will you be remembered for who knows? Let's just hope that it's <laughs> no, some but of the good. It's not that it's not that you can tell what you will be remembered for, but if your life is marked by yeah. by productive, Sacrifice, sacrificial giving. love, faithfulness, yeah. you will be remembered for that. Whether it is the thing you cared a lot about or something right. that just happened in passing. And yeah. you know, and even like I just I think of that like like Lord let us be more and more fruitful into the future and not because I'm like trying to make something build a legacy. It, yeah. But it's not because I'm trying to make a specific thing. That's like, this yeah. has to be treasured by all of my children and grandchildren, no. but that I, you want a life that would be treasured by them. Like you right. want something that would be like, right. no, that mattered. And you can't, you can't be that kind of person by keeping track of what everybody else owes you. No, and you can't be it by trying to imitate a fake character. Like, when, when we were talking about great women of the faith and women in Scripture, how do we know about them? Because they're still having, you know, because their faithfulness was either written down in Scripture or taken right. the distance to and still be them, handed down to None us. of them had the just follow your dreams and... Surprisingly, and that was not just, a theme. No, and they were just so well-dressed and they just had such Except a... Except like, for that... Pleasant deep, life with deep, dark, and devious. The uh, diary of Marjorie Kemp. Don't read what? that bad business from the <laughs> the medieval woman who wrote a diary. And I, like a fool, signed up to do a report on. It was like a it was like a pick another historical book to do a report on. You know, and I was like, what? A medieval woman's diary? That would be wonderful to read but boy was she a hot mess and it was all for the ill that we still know what she did she's like she like got super convicted suddenly after mothering 11 children that sex was evil so she left her family to go on a sacred pilgrimage somewhere just abandoned them all got super she, so was, she followed her dreams she was a hardcore troublemaker she in the medieval period yeah i was like what we have got to not keep a record of this. It was so bad. So bad. She got real mystic, kind of. Like, so it was all her, like, spiritual reflections on the road away from her family. <laughs> They're like, Marjorie, you are the worst. The worst. I really, it grieved my spirit because I, what I thought I was going in for was nothing like that. It was just so bad. Anyways, all that is to say, don't read that. So, do you have a do you have a tip? Yeah, recommend. Um, how about you? You Becca, go first. I Becca, have one. I I owe it to our listeners to oh. prod you about peace like a river oh, again. Word. They're on our no, Facebook page. All having their lives changed by oh, reading this word. marvelous work. I so. know, and checking to see if I have. Yeah, and the pressure's point, on. No, at this point, I do might you have just a copy get of obstinate. It? Yeah, I do. So why don't you? Promise us I to cannot, read the I first chapter. No, the first chapter, Becca. The first chapter by the next episode. No, I Becca, cannot. Why? <laughs> weenie, weenie, weenie. Well, first off, because you don't I just want feel to. Like I'm being bossed. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there would be something spiritual. There's, there in there may be some element of that. But the other one <laughs> is that I'm 
ah, speaking of that, I'm doing this honors class and I have to read a whole pile of things for that. So I'm reading rules for radicals and then mm. I am reading rules for reformers and then I am reading planet Narnia. And no, so it doesn't count. I've, if it's gosh, not Peace Lake River, it's uh, not reading. <laughs> can't. Okay, fine. All right. Um, but then, all right, tip. Here's a tip. Yeah. You have one. Go first. Share me yours. Mine is since I brought my pet bread with me today. <laughs> yes. It reminded me of the reason I'm making this bread again today. So it's my sourdough bread, which we just really like. The whole family likes it. So, but when I make it, if I make four loaves at one time, we don't need all four right. every time. As delicious as it is. And we can eat bread, but that mm-hmm. would be too much for us. Right. We could kind of spread it out over two days where you bake two one day and then bake the other two sure. the next day. But even so, too much bread. So I've been freezing it. But the thing that is funny is that I didn't know how handy I would find big cubes of bread frozen. Cut it into cubes. Okay. Sometimes slices if I think Size I'm going to do something. Um, croutons? Or no, like... it's bigger than a crouton. It's like um, it's like a... Like a large crouton like can you fit it in your mouth at one time yeah but it but that's because it's not it's a airy bread it's like so it compresses a bit when you but it is a big bite it would be a very too big of a bite of cheese okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm not (laughs) this is getting calculations on the size of this bread (laughs) yes but like a ball size yeah sure okay i think with squares yeah, corners, picture but. a okay. square ping pong ball. <laughs> now we've got it. <laughs> so I cut the bread into cubes and freeze it in cubes. And and the thing that I didn't know is how how very handy bread cubes were going to be. Okay. And so tell me why. I'll tell you these applications. One, making homemade hummus for something like when we were what like, hummus? Well, not with bread in it, but like, oh. so so. <laughs> We're having, like, we're, like, summer-style dinner where it was, okay. like, we had, like, salami and, like, some other, you know, it was, like, a very fruit, okay. veg, whatever. But I was, like, oh, I'll make some hummus. But then I was, like, I I just grabbed a bunch of it and toasted it in the oven really fast. And it's, like, hot, toasty bread cubes is really, really, really good in yeah. homemade hummus. Like, that was really good. In homemade you mean like dipped? dipped. Okay. All I right. did not right. compress it all into the well, hummus. I was for, gonna be no, no. sort of surprised. No, okay. but even for and then for breakfast, pan frying a little like couple handfuls of it in butter, and then doing the eggs and stuff with oh, that. Yeah. Super good. And then and because I have so many children, these are the things that actually fill the crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a lot of eggs to make have my you kids ever stop made eating that eggs. That one recipe that I talked about ages ago. No, the chicken with the, the bread chicken. cubes. That would be no, perfect. but I meant to and then I ran out of the bread cubes. So I keep now I just make bread for the bread cubes in the freezer because yeah. it makes everything so handy. And it's even totally or even delicious. just to throw in a salad like croutons. Yeah, really but when good. I roast veggies, like if I roast a bunch mm-hmm. of veggies at the end I would throw some bread cubes in and because yeah. it's like on broiler, like a high heat roast. They kind of toast, but it's just like hot, warm bread on the inside, but crunchy, toasty on the outside. Do you ever throw them? Because I've I've done it before with just like day-old bread or whatever that I cut up and then saute them almost in a bit of like garlic and olive oil and then the they, bread or the, veggie. the bread no yeah. and they crust up and those are like delicious in a salad yeah so if i have slices slices are obviously easy to use and we use them sometimes for emergency dinners right like just toast it with it's not really pizza but 
where you toast it and then have meat or you know like you put some cheese it's like open face sandwiches or something and that's really delicious it's just been it's way way handy to have an enormous bag of these frozen bread cubes because it's delicious bread it's not just like yeah it's not it's delicious but it makes me still happy to find it and because it has a lot of spring the bread is chewy it has a lot of Mm -hmm. spring it doesn't get like um they're not like compressed pieces of bread that make you feel in your heart that this came from a bad place in the freezer (laughs) it's like they were the resilient bread yeah so okay my my tip is maybe it matches yours a little bit Mm, so this is what i've been doing this summer i have a bunch of herbs in my garden yes it so matches yeah and my herbs i've got a lot of oregano and you know how oregano just gets hideous if you let it if you let it like um yeah more trucks if you let it get um all leggy and spindly and then it like flops out sideways and then you have like a bald patch in the middle with like your oregano laying it's down very it just unseemly. looks yeah it looks really bad it looks gorgeous in the spring cuz it's all mm-hmm. like lush and beautiful well i should I, get some of your herbs from you yeah i actually have a whole pile mm. but anyway i determined this year I am going to use the darned herbs, you know, Yeah. rather than just, oh, I needed some time, so I'll go pick a few sprigs. But I wanted yeah. to, like, actually do something with it. So I went out and sheared down several patches of oregano, um, and now it's regrowing, so it'll actually be right. pretty again. But I did it before it got all ugly, and then um, I stripped the leaves, chopped it up, and I'm doing the thing where I... Um, putting it in ice cube trays, like you pack an ice cube tray right. full and I've then top it, it with olive clever. oil. Freeze it, and then you just have cubes of olive oil with fresh oregano in it. And it, seems it actually clever. And I said earlier that I have a hard time using my things in my freezer, but this is actually really great. And so, um, it's really I, even if I'm just starting. Your huckleberry jam was not really great. Well, it's in the garage freezer. Well, Maybe bring that's my a, problem. Bring one in. I know. Send Judah. But anyway, I. I um, it's really great to just pull out because it's a small amount of olive oil. It's emergency. You can pasta. use it in like salad dressings. I've used it to like saute the onions before I do a soup. You know, it's yeah, just been really great. And so I'm trying to do that with you more of see, my herbs. You should or try like to combinations do some, of herbs. You should do some infused oils. Actually, I probably will do some infused oils, but then also one of my girls is in is getting all involved in extracts at the moment. So she is hero. Is yeah. So she's got she a little orange. Brew, I made a big I made a big I used those um you know the jam bon what is it like bon, bon maman? Yeah. Yeah, I love that jam. It's yeah. good jam. It is good jam. I buy that for Danishes when I want uh-huh. a beautiful, yeah. delicious jam. But those jars I use for extracts. I love those jars. Um so Actually, I use it, I just use it with a little lid. So I put, I did like orange extract. The thing is. Well, they were just, we were hunting around trying to find a suitable container. Um, those are good it. for that. But she did, she's got currently cooking. She's got mint and a peppermint and a. Oh, I should um, do some of this too. Lemon and lavender. Why do not people so, do that with, why don't they do it with, um, why don't they do that with herbs? We. You mean like oregano extract? Yeah. I don't know. What goes wrong there? I have no Something idea. Something must, because but otherwise you'd think you, you, you would do it. it. The other Maybe thing it's because a dry me, herb makes the same impact. There's we were no... trying to figure out what to do with all of our chives, and I think I'm going to probably end up doing like a garlic chive butter and put that in the freezer, but yeah. 
That seems like every time you had a potato, you'd be glad. Yeah, you'd that. be happy yeah. for that. But the thing is, she was she was doing a little research for me, and she was like, "Hey, guess what you can do?" And our chives are past like the flowers are kind of crispy yeah. looking now, but with the chive heads, you can steep them in vinegar, and then mm. use that in salad dressings. So that sounds kind of exciting sounds too. Super so fun. like next year, I maybe. have it in my heart. I love places that are full of jars of various little things. And we've got some drying. So I'll tell you the bad news about my my orange extract was deliciously good. Smelled so good. Yeah. But at the end of its time, I made it in time for... uh, Anyways, I just used the last of it. But then all my peels of orange peel and it looked like... like, It just looked hideous. It looked like... um, shaved calluses or something because they're like (laughs) (laughs) they'd lost all of their they no you leave them in that you leave they weren't nothing was wrong with them they were totally preserved in the vodka it's just that they lost all their color and stuff over time and then you have to look at the hideous thing well i just was done i mean it was done i actually kind of think they might be really good in a cocktail too but they would be i made a summer cake that I that well, it's a cake that I made up. This I make the cake, but I made up the variation of the cake, which yeah. I put. Were you there this last? No, you weren't. No, but I you tasted weren't. it. You sent some leftovers. Oh, it was yeah, good, wasn't it? Was really it? Good, yeah. And it was, but I used lavender and yeah. then orange extract and then lemon and lime zest in it, and it was really good. Lavender extract or lavender? I used lavender oil in, okay. in it with, but it was well, really good. This is the other thing I've done with my herbs, though. That was very funny. For the party in Pittsburgh, did I tell you this? I made this. It was a, it was a moment of desperation. I needed a non-alcoholic. Um, you told beverage. me that, not that you made. Oh, you made it in yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I was in Pittsburgh, so I was just going to do club soda and lemonade, and I, I grabbed. Oh, club, she's going to turn it again. The bread's happening. Um, so I grabbed some handfuls of mint to throw in just to make it more interesting looking. This is the show of sound effects today. Yeah, it is. Sound effects everywhere. Anyhow, then I couldn't find club soda in that grocery store for whatever cause. And then I just was like, whatever, I'll just use ginger ale. And I found a big two liter of something that was called Southern Style Mint Ginger Ale. So I was like, well, that's perfect. So I used that lemonade concentrate and then I threw mint in as well. Mm-hmm. And it was stupidly good. It so sounded really good. To I me. wanted to give it to my kids, and so when I got home, I, I googled it up, and it appears that Pittsburgh is the only place. I love that you would find a local to Pittsburgh only. Yeah, it was like it's the only place in the world you can get it is Pittsburgh, and people oh, who grew up in Pittsburgh and left now they miss it, and they post questions on the internet about where. That's to find the it. only way you find it. Mentioned. So what I what did brand though. Was it? Tom Tucker or something like mm, that. So it wasn't even like a... No. So anyway, I, I, uh, what I, what I did is with mint from the garden, I did a simple syrup and did a pile of ginger in there and a pile of mint and just really simmered it. I don't know why you haven't made this for me. I know. And then strained it. And then we You've used been that. slacking off. You so we used the simple syrup with ginger and mint with club soda with lemonade concentrate. And that is actually a really fabulous combination. But look at what time it is. Really good. I, think I think we've, we've run out we've of... We've tipped ourselves we've right tipped, on out. My bread it out. made it through a full two so cycle. So put herbs and olive oil and bread in your freezer and you'll never regret it. You yeah. could dip your cube into your oil. It'd yeah. be amazing. Yep. Yeah. All right. All have right. a happy one. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.